And we're back with another Reason to Behold podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Um, this one's going to be a replay from one of our recent live streams on YouTube. If you haven't checked those out, where have you been? Hit it up on youtube.com, search for Reason to Behold, and on our channel you'll see a ton of replays, um, as well as other videos that we do from time to time. But the live streams are just conversations on all sorts of different things where we just try to get into the real nitty-gritty and break it down so that we can live practical Christian lives that make sense. Here's the conversation. Okay, welcome, 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 welcome back to another live stream from Reason to Behold. It is Arnold Reasons on the microphone, as you can see. Um, for those of you who may have just come by for the first time, we, Reason to Behold, exist for the hungry Jesus follower who just wants the real thing. So we make podcasts, videos, and just tons of Instagram content just to help you grow in your journey with God. So if you haven't already, I have to do the formalities and say, like this video so we can get more attention for the name of Jesus. Subscribe and make sure you share it with others. But tonight, we're not here just about the like, subscribe, and the share. We're here to talk about a very, very serious topic, something that for me is like it's something really dear to my heart and it's all about hearing well done my good and faithful servant and living a life that is really at its heart pleasing to god and so if you're somebody that's watching this video i'm going to assume that you're a christian there's a possibility you might not be um but for those of us who identify as christians at some point we had a moment in time where we we came to jesus um for some of us, it was like this grandiose moment where we were at the altar, the worship music was flowing and the preaching was amazing. And then we were convicted in the hearts. Um, but for others of us, it was a lot more simple, just something that happened privately in like your bedroom, maybe on a train, just in the normal everyday goings of life. And so we encountered this gospel message and we made a decision to turn to Jesus and start journeying as a Christian. But the thing is, we know that entering the kingdom of God is about much more than just one moment. It's more than just one prayer. It's more than just hanging around a bunch of Christians and going to Christian meetings once or twice a week. Um, and it's more than tweeting and posting Instagram posts with nice, deep, thought-provoking Christian quotes. We want our lives to be lived in light of eternity, knowing that we've had a life lived that is based on knowing that there is a future we have a new heaven and a new earth that we have to look forward to where there's no more pain where there's no more sickness where there's no more evil so the whole point of today's live stream is to start thinking about how do we connect the the present day life that we have with the eternal one that awaits us how do we make sense of what we should really be doing right now in light of eternity and so with that said I'm going to introduce our panel of speakers for today for this conversation. Just so you know as well, if you're watching, remember the panel of speakers, we're just having a conversation, but you are a part of that conversation. So please do make sure you light up the comment section. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us your questions. Give us your comments. We really want to interact with you guys as much as we're speaking with one another. So first up, I'm going to introduce Mr. Kofi. How are you doing, Kofi? I'm good, Arnold. Um, thanks for having me. How about you? How are you feeling? It's a, 
it's a pleasure i'm feeling tired to be honest with you <laughs> it's been one of those days i like um, i like the very authentic answer listen i'm going to be 100 like if you compare my voice right now to some of our previous live streams you know there's a difference <laughs> but um for kofi and for all of the other speakers that i'm going to introduce um what i want you to do is to introduce who you are and one thing that people might not know about you so kofi no pressure well, my name is Kofi, and um, I'm not sure who's watching. So, because depending on who's watching, they know a lot of things about me. But let, let, let me just say that I'm a husband of one wife and a father of four children. So, yeah. okay, that's a nice way to introduce yourself. Yeah, Mister Mister Pastor Kofi. There's more <laughs> to him. A lot more to him um next up we're going to be introducing mr sipping on the cup kadeem i said sipping on the cup because you guys couldn't see him off off, off camera <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're welcome um, introduce yourself bro yes um i'm kadeem uh i'm also the husband of one wife uh, <laughs> so it's good to know that we haven't got any scandalous preachers on here that's a good start <laughs> yeah i have one child my little daughter um yeah i don't know i don't know i'm pretty transparent so we'll figure something out as <laughs> we go that's fine no worries next up we have joshua joshua please introduce yourself and one thing that the people might not know about you so hello my name is joshua i'm also married to a beautiful wife um, and three beautiful biological children and we also foster a son as well. Um, one thing that people might not know about me is I could have got signed to a football team and played football. Ah, yeah. Arnold tell us about that. that. <laughs> I didn't know that, no. So yeah, I, so I, I was, I wanted to, when I was really, really young, but I was still young, but 18 or even younger than that, 16, I was playing for Leighton Orient youth team. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And um, I wanted to take it further, but the games, the matches were on a Sunday and I had to go to church. Mm. Oh, wow. So, gave up uh, for Jesus. Yeah. So the game, the game, the game was over. <laughs> <laughs> because I my came dad to and score goals like, for the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah, when I, had to, I had to trade that in to add, uh, be like, yeah, I've got to finish that. And, um, didn't, didn't follow that career mm-hmm. yeah i'll pick that one up with you offline um, <laughs> and last <laughs> last but definitely not least we have alex hey guys hey alex please introduce yourself and one thing that the people might not know about you oh, i was literally just thinking, i was just like trying to run think of something in my head okay cool so i'm alex um i have a youtube channel called, um, under the name alex's blog um also the same as my instagram and um, one thing you don't know about me i'm a bit of an undercover geek um so i really love studying um i've studied for two degrees um a few professional qualifications um and my cv is basically 50 percent of studying so yeah <laughs> we have a good student in the house it's good it's very nice and well balanced very nice and well balanced okay so guys today we're not gonna waste time um i just think i want to get into this conversation man i want to sleep knowing that we've had a great 
conversation about the kingdom. So the first question for tonight is, what does it mean to live a life that is pleasing to God? What does that look like? What does it mean to live a life that is pleasing to God? And what does that look like? Now, I'm close to name calling. <laughs> so don't all go at once. I see you, Kadeem. You've got it on the edge. I don't know why you're holding back. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a gentleman. I, I was here last week. I spoke a lot. I'll let somebody... Don't rely on yesterday's manner, bro. Let's go. We're here fresh today. <laughs> Release the movie. What, you... right, what does it mean to live a life that's pleasing to God? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Um, the primary elements of that um, uh, are, are discipline. <clears throat> um, discipline and belief or faith as a matter of fact a, a real good friend of mine he gave a he's in the midst of like a, an ongoing bible study and yesterday he was talking about um the necessity for a believer uh to also be uh a disciple they're intrinsic to one another um i believe that you can be a believer uh and and not be a disciple and hopefully we can get to that but i believe that you can be a believer and not be a disciple um, I do not believe that you can effectively serve God while being a believer uh, and not being a disciple. So I, I lean um, more heavily to uh, the fact that um, living a life for God is about living a life of discipline. Jesus, he says some extraordinarily harsh things for a, le- a religious leader who's trying to uh, change the world. He says, whoever um, puts their, their, he essentially says, I'll just paraphrase, whoever starts doing this work, and so much is looks back on the things that they used to do. They're not worthy to do this work. They're not worthy to be my disciple. Um, he, he takes it further. He says, whoever doesn't hate their hate, hate. Whoever doesn't hate their mother and their father cannot be my disciple. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the context of that is not so much of uh, working diligently to do evil to your mother and your father, mm-hmm. but neglecting them so that you can accomplish the purpose of discipleship. So if it's time to pray at 9 a.m., and that's the time that you said that you meet with your God every day, and your mom is telling you, oh, I need you to come with me. Okay, well, looks like we're going to have a problem, mom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's It's got to be one of those things. Your, your, your Christian discipline um, has to come before all things, and it has to come after all things, and it has to be mingled into all things. Mm-hmm. Intrinsically, uh your way of, of of disciplining yourself as somebody who purports to follow god um it has to be evident in everything that you say and do and that starts with living a lifestyle of discipline i'm gonna start rambling so i'm gonna stop right there no no it's good you brought the fire all the way from ontario to the uk so we're we're, we're grateful <laughs> for that i like it if anything i play with that so <laughs> let's, let's do it <laughs> let's do it what do the rest of you guys think about a life that's pleasing to god what do you think that looks like do you know what uh, for me it it looks like a, a reverence and a fear a healthy fear uh, the bible says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy one is understanding so i think that when you fear healthy fear as in reverencing and honoring him you want to be able to do all you can for him um and i also picture as in what does it look like as a child and a dad 
and as a child, a child, I look at my own children. They, they want to do things to please me. They want to want to listen to me. They want to obey my word, and they want to make things with me. And look at pictures or whatever it is, and be like, "Daddy, look, 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 look what I've done." Mm, mm. So they're always looking for my affirmation. So I think um, the picture that I picture in my head is a child running after their dad and wanting to please their father with a fear and a reverence and an honor for that 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 father. Good. That's real good, bro. Definitely. And I like the analogy as well. Father and child. Very practical. What are you thinking, uh, Alex? I was just thinking, no, so the scripture for me that comes to mind is Galatians 1.10, when it talks about like, no longer being a bond servant to, to men, basically no longer pleasing men. Mm. Uh, and I think for me, like living a life that's pleasing to God is basically being obedient to every instruction. And A, even if it doesn't make sense, um, but also even if it overrides, just like we were saying earlier, like my parents or the thoughts of somebody else or the instructions of somebody else. Um, and just literally, yeah, just being obedient to every instruction and adhering um, and being diligent um, in everything that I'm doing and just not being afraid to just mm. go for it. Whatever it is that I believe God is calling me to do, basically just doing it. Good. That's really, really good. Kofi. Yeah, so, yeah, so of course, I'm going to copy everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I was so quiet? I mean, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, as, as I, I'm a teacher by profession, and I'm also a teacher by, um, by calling, I believe. And so I try to always simplify things. I believe that living a life pleasing to God is functioning the way we were created to function mm. because god god is a creator and that encompasses everything you guys said god is a creator we are the creation it pleases every creator to see what they manufactured what they created mm. functioning exactly according to its purpose and god created us with a unique purpose before we were born he had a blueprint for us in life so whenever in it's not just like doing great things it's not just when he created you in whatever capacity physical social spiritual whenever we are functioning as he created us to be i believe it brings pleasure to him you know the reason why i was nodding my head so much is because you're speaking the language that that just it's the language that i love because I, I see things in a, in a similar way. I'm just going to run through some of the comments we've had. We've had quite a few comments um, since we started off. So, yes, Brother Kofi. Yes, Brother Pastor Kofi. Yeah, that's one of my guys, Gary. I won. We also got a little fist bump there. Stop it. Nash said, Brother Josh. <laughs> All right, then, Josh. Hey, Alex. Double, double, hey, Alex. And this one was for Alex as well. She is fire in case anybody missed it. <laughs> Um, big love brothers and sisters Gary said and big my brother Kofi big up my brother Kofi to answer the question Nash said a life of faith and she said taking godly risks e.g. launching that business applying for that job believing what we read and doing it okay so the temperature is about to go up a little bit um, on the question because I know that this is probably going to be 
a bit of an area that people don't really like to do much more than talk about um because i think that there are a lot of conversations that i've seen around things like what we're about to discuss but not so much the 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 consistent practice or the emphasis on the practice of it but the question is have we forgotten the cost of discipleship what does it look like to put the flesh to death how can i know if i'm doing it right you know what i just sorry i was just literally writing a blog post about this earlier um i was just having a coffee outside and and i was just thinking about all the different things that i have sacrificed over the years so i've been born again now for 11 years mm. and there have been many things that god has asked me to do that i would never have wanted to have done um he has taken me way out of my comfort zone um anything that looks comfortable anymore just isn't here um and I'm constantly dying to my flesh. Like I'm constantly, I guess, yeah, just like dying to my flesh and counting the cost of what it means to serve him. And, you know, Jesus said that when he was talking to the disciples, he was like, there is a cost because they were like, look, I've left my, my family, my wife, my kids, my yeah. life. Um, and he assured them that there would be a reward. But I, sometimes I think that we forget in this walk that it is a constant, like, it's a cost. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you want to go on and on about prosperity and about, you know, you having joy and all of these different things, which yes, of course, having joy and prosperity is, there's nothing wrong with that. But there, there are trials and tribulations and each trial and tribulation that you go through, you are going to die to your flesh through it. Mm. Um, and you can't get away with that. And sometimes, you know, you can even be in a trial and a well-meaning brother or sister will be like, it's not meant to be this way. Why would God want that? But it's like, well, you know, Jesus died on the cross. That didn't look fun either. Um, and, you know, we are not above our teacher at the end of the day. So mm. comes to mind. I just think we uh we don't we don't know what that even means the mm. cost of being a disciple we do by and large um when i look at the church worldwide we don't know what that means we don't know that there's supposed to be a cost first of all mm. we don't know that there's supposed to be a cost it's chapter one and then if we do know that there's supposed to be a cost chapter two is that we don't know what it is right mm. because we think yeah i'm born again god has set up a life of blessings for me god has set up a yeah because all those promises are in scripture that god uh, has a plan for you, a plan uh, for good and not for evil, to prosper you, uh, not to harm you, not to destroy you. And, uh, you know, he has plans of riches and glory for you. And all of that starts after you get resurrected from the dead, is what we fail to realize. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> our theology teaches, but we just don't pay attention to that, uh, that important stuff, right? Um, and so as a result uh, of, like, the kind of theology that's getting passed around like very prominently because it's very easy to swallow. Um, everybody just has fun going to church on Sundays, has fun going to church on Wednesdays, small group this, small group that. We have a lot of fun being associated with the name of Christ for the sake of the people that we get to be around. We don't pay the cost of being a disciple. When times get tough, we pray. When we feel disconnected, we read scripture. The cost of being a disciple says that when times get cuff, tough, you pray. When times are good, you pray. When times are moderate, you pray. When times are great, you pray. When you feel disconnected from the scripture, you read. When you feel like you know exactly what's going on, you read. When you feel like you've got a pretty good grasp and you're ready to keep, you read. You understand what I mean? The cost of being a disciple is that you are disciplined every day, every single day, day in, day out. I always like to paint this analogy. I don't know if you guys like watch old Kung Fu movies and all that kind of stuff, but like I used to love those things. Me and my granddad used to sit down and watch those things. 
Um, and uh, some of the premise of a lot of those movies was that you would have a master um, and he would have uh, students or disciples. Uh, and their work was to take care of and properly represent the dojo. So you will have them fighting outside of the dojo. The dojo was their school of discipline. You'll have them fighting outside of the, the dojo. Um, and then when they get back, the master is like, why are you teaching people our Kung Fu? I heard that you're teaching people our Kung Fu. I heard that you're out there doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Your responsibility is to take care of what's going on in here. Take care of what's going on in here. We like to think that that's probably them in their practice in Kung Fu, but it was primarily them cooking meals, sweeping, mopping, dishes, all of this stewardship stuff, all of this maintenance stuff that if it doesn't get done, is going to show in the rest of how the dojo looks and in the rest of how they carry their discipline outside the place. So we mm. don't know what it means to pay the cost of a disciple. Forget about um, putting the flesh to death. That's Maybe we need to break this question down because we don't even know. <laughs> By and large, we have no idea what the cost of following Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think I want to segue from um, where Kadim um, finished because we don't know because it is it's a very foreign concept to the to the carnal man mm. because i don't i don't know about you maybe you, you just are just in the spirit 24 7 but most often than not you you, you don't want to give up anything mm. but it's natural i mean and i've learned it a lot more because i have four children and i see that they they just don't they just want to do what they want to do mm. i mean my three-year-old who runs the show She's like, she said, big girls want to have fun. That's what she would tell me. Stop jumping on my bed. Daddy, big girls want to have fun. I was like, well, daddy wants to maybe smack your bum bum. But anyway, <laughs> but what it's so foreign to the flesh to, to be discipled, to discipline ourselves after the master. It is a very spiritual concept. And so when we are regenerated and we are born again, and we are not taught well, it becomes mm. a challenge. If you are taught that, come to Jesus and find yourself. Come to Jesus mm. and then you show yourself. You, you, you go out there and do you. I mean, just name it, claim it, take it. And it's about you. Jesus is like a genie who's going to fulfill every dream of yours. Fulfill your dreams. It's not about you. So he says that if any man shall come after me, he must mm. deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Forget mm. your agenda. And that is very, very counterintuitive. It's countercultural. It is so diametrically opposed to the way our humanity works. So when we get born again, I don't know how late or how early, I got born again, I was 16 years old. But I had to still unlearn everything I've learned in the flesh, pursuing and laying down your life. And that's one thing you guys don't know about me. Before I got born again, I was a basketball player and, and my nickname was Jordan. And I thought I was a big bad boy from the big bad city. And so <laughs> and I was stripped of every identity I had then. I was stripped. So I literally became like I was nobody. And mm. that didn't feel good at all. Mm. All the people who thought 
I was gangster. All of a sudden, thought he is such a wuss, like they say in this country. <laughs> I didn't like it. I wanted to show them, like, hey, yo, I'm I'm tough and I'm all that. But mm. that is the cost of discipleship. A servant is not greater than his master. Mm. The King of Kings, he came to those he created and he looked at them crucify him. Mm. And he said, Father, forgive them. So when you want to follow him, you have to be sure what you sign up for. And like Kadim said, most often they're not, we have no clue. So dying to the flesh, I mean, it sounds cool and everything, but it is not that easy, except a grain of wheat shall die. It abides alone. Mm. The only path to fruitfulness is dying to self. Mm. And God help us all. I mean, God help us all. <clears throat> Sorry, to, I just want to add one more point because you said this when you started talking just now. But we're not, we're, we're not, we're not taught well. So we we do come in here with this whole thing of, yeah, God has everything for you, all the blessings you grab it. We do come in there with that, and then like my, my ministry is to teach, um, and um, I, I heard this a pastor say like over a year ago. He's like teaching is is the most undervalued ministry, not just in the church but in the world. The more the world progresses, the less anybody cares to learn anything. They just want to know enough to do whatever they want to do. You understand mm -hmm. what I mean? And so um, in the church, uh, that's deadly because you look at Acts chapter 2. What what are we meant to be devoted to? What are we meant to um, to be doing as Christians? The Bible says Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, prayer, and breaking bread. Right. The first thing that they did was they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. So because we are not taught and because we, we don't even we don't even have the value to understand, like um, what it means to, 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 to follow Christ. Just you come to Jesus, your eternal uh, soul is, is preserved forever. You're secure and all that kind of stuff. No part of like even like even some of the theology around like what exactly happens to us when we die. Even some of the theology about like what is God's eternal plan for us and all that, that stuff is very ambiguous and very difficult to know. And we think it's as simple as simple as dying and going to heaven. And scripture doesn't make it that simple. Okay. You understand know what I mean? I think if we knew that kind of stuff, we'd be interested to to do and to know more and to learn more about, hey, yo, what am I really doing? What is this? What does this mean to follow Jesus? What does this actually mean? You know? Sorry, I just had to couldn't help myself. No, no, that's no, fine. It's fine. I had a question for you, but I'll save it because I know Josh wanted to say something. Yeah, do you know what? Uh, what everyone said is really, really good. And uh, just to add on to kind of what everyone said, that I'm, I'm fully aware that my flesh was against my spirit. So I, I always, I think discipleship, I will always try and keep irons around me to check me if I'm going off. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes we find it. I think regards to discipleship, discipleship is discipline, and with discipline, it comes your flesh, your character, your your certain aspects of your behavior being checked. And I think people don't like that, mm. so they keep themselves away from people that would check their fruits. Mm. Um, so right. I like to the Bible says, "Iron sharpens iron," so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. So I like to put myself around people that's going to sharpen my countenance. Mm. So I know that sometimes I may struggle with patience. I know that some, sometimes I may struggle with, with self-discipline. So I need a brother around me or a sister, whoever it is, to be like, bro, you're going off. We need to, mm. we need to deal with this. Mm. And I think 
not just this generation, I think people in general this 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 struggle with that. I think we get taught that, you know, you know, when we come to Christ, yes, all things are passed away, all things become new, but we still have issues. We still mm, have mm. stuff that we have to work through. Um, and I think sometimes we come into to the to the faith and we believe that we're just fine. Mm. And we create this aspect of being hearers of the word and not doers of it. Mm. Um so I think putting yourself around people that will check you your behavior mm. check your fruits mm. will keep will keep the flesh in death do you know what i'm saying we'll yeah. keep that flesh dying <laughs> but also yeah. i think it's, i think it's important it's important to have that transparency that your flesh mm. does war against your spirit and not mm. to be this super high conscious spiritual being that's like oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm cool i'm always praying i'm always fasting so i'm fine no you're not it's, mm. it's understanding that you know, your flesh needs to be in constant submission to the holy spirit constant submission to god um and understanding that um and for me i think you know what's been said already regards to really understanding dying to the flesh um galatians 2 20 says i have been crucified with christ and it's no longer i that live we struggle sometimes with i living mm. we don't want mm -hmm. christ to truly live and i think that's the struggle sometimes and i think that's why sometimes we struggle with putting ourselves around real discipleship because we don't want Christ to live in us, we want we want to live in us, mm. and I think that sometimes it's a struggle that we have to admit the reality of, and what some mm. people struggle with. That's good. I'm loving. I'm loving the direction of this conversation, and I'm loving the way that the flesh is getting called out right now. I'm just going to run through the comments to give the flesh a little bit of a rest. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably not going to give it a rest, probably to be honest, because I can see some of these comments. Um, Q Wilson said, "That's the word cost," <laughs> and he said, "Good word, Kadim." Nana said, for me, it's answering the question, how would God feel about what I do and how I do life? The little, the big, the in-between things. Caveat, I'm not always pleasing him though. Sometimes my flesh gets in the way. And you know, what? I think it's good to be able to acknowledge that mm -hmm. um, because that's the, that's the starting point, right? And I think from what you guys have been speaking about, part of the problem we have is that some of us aren't even recognizing that we even have a flesh we're so ruled by the flesh that we don't even recognize that there is a difference between the flesh and the spirit and the thing that we should be giving life to and the thing we should be putting to death and so the flesh is completely dominating everything um so that's yeah that's a brilliant start and nana then said hi kofi hi everyone <laughs> hi nana hi. h said surround yourself with people that will check you that's it that's real talk not everybody would do it but if you can get some good ones yeah stay close Zena said and i think she's about to start the next layer of fire here as well she said have we traded discipleship for a fire insurance policy guys what do you think about that well that sounds like somebody i know isn't it doesn't she sound like somebody i know she she could be i yeah. mean her picture seems a bit telling as well but you know yeah yeah anyway, yeah could just so, that's my wife, so she, <laughs> she can speak in my language and and it, yeah have we traded discipleship for fire insurance policy possibly because most often than not most people come to the lord running away from hell that's coming to have a fire insurance policy so it is not so much of our our devotion now dedication to the person of jesus to love and respect and honor his finished work so much that we want to be disciplined after him we just want to mm. avoid hell and they're actually christians who don't like god i promise you 
they are Christians. Oh. Like, there's this very, very ethereal being up there, old, angry man who wants to just smack all of us into the hellfire. So, listen, yeah. I don't want to go there. And so I just have to follow this guy. I don't really like him that much, but <laughs> I don't want to go to hell either. And mm. it, it will shock you. Are, because depending on how you were born again, mm. your outlook to faith will be different. If you were born again by a screaming man who was telling you that you are going to hell, fire, and there's fire <laughs> and brimstone. Okay, okay, I don't want to go there. I, so, yeah. so whoever this Jesus is, I don't care what he's done for me. Let me come and follow him. So then when you come and follow him, the, the posture of your heart is different. You're not mm -hmm. trying to be like him. You're just trying to avoid hellfire. And most of the time, it, it is really very much entrenched in our churches more than we think it is. Most people just, we just want to make it to heaven mm. and and forget about Jesus and, you know, following him. So I think maybe that's what my wife was trying to say. Mm. Very, very, very good point. And... I want to ask you a question as well, Kofi, actually, specifically, since what you just explained. What would you say that, like, assuming somebody's watching this right now and they're not sure, did I buy into a fire insurance policy? Did I really surrender to Jesus and take up the cross to follow him? Like, which side am I on? And they wanted to figure out where they stand. What would you, and everybody else as well, actually, what would you guys say are some practical things to, to maybe assess that? And to know where you really stand in this is part of the conversation. That's good. Well, I mean, first of all, you have to go to God. And even before you examine your heart, because the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Because sometimes when you are this, when you are trying to use your worldly mind to even examine your heart, you get it twisted. That's how we mm. justify our fleshly things. You mm. know, so go to God. The Lord is near unto all that call upon him in truth. A broken and a contrite heart, the Lord will never despise. Just go to mm. Him. That, that's and that's where examine yourself. Every now and then, you just have to go to God and say, "God, the, the, the psalmist said, Search me, O Lord, know my heart today. Try mm. me and know my thoughts, because you know them anyway. Just show me the path of righteousness.' And it's very, very important because you can be very, very." Um, very very arrogant to think that i'm so right but we all need every day to mm. go to the father and say father yeah. i hope i'm straight with you i mean i hope i'm legit I, I think i'm legit but my mind be playing games on me so i'm not even sure so just go to him as a father he knows your heart and i believe that he, he will let you know i don't know how but he will let you know because it's only the holy spirit that can minister some of these things to your heart no man can you can't speak these things into people's heart because it is a spiritual connection i hope it helped no, that's good that's really good yeah, I, I agree with kofi like 100 i like i came up in an environment where like uh i was so i couldn't be told that i was wrong because we were so sure that we were right speaking in tongues mm. healing people prophesying spinning on our head tops everything you understand what i mean we like we were so, so sure that we were right um everyone was in the flesh everyone for all the gifts for all the hard heavy preaching for all the help 
all of us we were all in the flesh i was deep in the flesh you know mm-hmm. what i mean it was only when i stopped and i began to ask god am i am i right or am i wrong mm-hmm. from there if you ask my wife she just came she just got there but if you ask my wife she'll tell you day and night what's my 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 phrase always always consider the possibility that you might be wrong Mm. that's mm. how i that's how i live and it's not about yeah i you know i'm trying to make sure that no it's like i, I might be wrong because mm. i've been wrong and i've led people down a wrong path that has destroyed them and mm. only god has been able to show them grace mm. uh, to, to lift them back up you understand what i mean so mm. yeah kofi kofi's preaching today and i'm here for it so i'm, mm. I'm with that <laughs> that's good that's real good um let me just run through some of the comments because we've had a few come in since. We've got Greg saying, deep question. If this is how this is going to start, then jeez. <laughs> That's how I imagine he said it. Um, and on that point, yeah. actually, anybody watching right now, um, the, the, the conversation's going deeper and deeper. So right now is a good time whilst we're running through the comments to hit the share button, copy the link and just paste it and send it to everybody that you know so that we can spread this message far and wide. Um, Nash said, honor and respect the finished work of cross Kofi. That's a quote. And I, w- <laughs> she said, that's a word. Preach, 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 bonnet on head moment. So she's making a reference to one of the recent Instagram pieces. I've, I've seen it, man. I've seen it, man. I'm not going to reenact it. Um, Nana said, dying to the flesh takes the Holy Spirit and it's an everyday ongoing process very 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 true nash said fire insurance policy or not i would say does your heart break for what breaks his do you know what's on his heart are you after his hand or heart that's telling very very good rory said god bless you brothers and sisters good insight pastor kofi and kadeem i think your fan came back one of your regular fans someone that you know <laughs> that's kadeem's wife oh, people nice um, she said yes psalm 139 verse 23 to 24 i've been meditating on this verse for two weeks now can someone pull that up psalm 139 verse 23 to 24 let's see which one of you are the real christians that's going to get there first i know it but i don't i don't want to act like I'm <laughs> you ain't trying to be prideful but yeah if anyone there. gets there could you just read it um please i'm there and i wanted to say that god is still teaching me humility because i was going to say i'm already there <laughs> <laughs> forget all of that sorry sorry I'm just put that but first to it. death <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my wife is probably irritated with me by now. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Search me, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Very, very good. Very good. And I think you can only have that approach if you recognize that one, there's a flesh, and that number two, we are we have a proclivity to give into the flesh um out of the flesh and the spirit the thing that we probably appease and appeal to a lot more by default is the flesh and so knowing that our natural person has that proclivity that's where the starting point of being able to actually come to god and say search me and have that attitude so that's really really good very powerful verses just like the rest of the bible too nash said are you here for the gifts or the giver 
do you have a longing to know him these things are telling if we're for christ or the benefits praying earnest prayers of lord i just want to know you talk about it and then Priska said yes at Kadeem Edwards. I told you she's in support of you, bro. You got a good support right there. <laughs> so that's good. So on that point, um, and she also said you're fine. Like, so the way I imagine she said it, you fine. Somebody okay. <laughs> We're here for the work of the ministry, guys. You know? <laughs> Kadeem's flexing the scriptures. Um, we're going to move on to the next question. So on this point about disciplines and discipleship, what are the disciplines that we should be practicing as disciples? Oh, yeah. What are the disciplines that we should be practicing as disciples? And this might actually be like, okay, I know it's easy to answer this with, okay, read the Bible. Okay, some of the, like, the, the standard things. But the truth is we sometimes have the head knowledge but we don't recognize the the disconnect between our practice and what we should be doing. So that's kind of the angle that we're coming at with this question. What are the disciplines we should be practicing as disciples? Um, think, oh, sorry. Go no, no, go, please, ladies. Please. <laughs> I was going to say consistency um, and just being consistent with everything that we're doing. Um, and whether that is with things in terms of fasting or reading the Bible or praying, going to church, etc. But also whether it's exercising, whether it's eating the right foods, whether mm. it's showing up for work on time, whether it's being reliable, mm. etc. Um, because I think all of these things then permeate into all the other areas of our lives. Um, so I think consistency for me is, is a really uh, good thing that helps me with my discipleship that's good so consistency not just when you're at the church meeting or when you're in the church environment but even use yeah. the example of your workplace i think that's a really really good point um because sometimes we'd be putting on the christian costume when we're in the right environment and then taking it off when we're elsewhere so that's definitely a checkmate to the flesh who else got something to say there yeah so um i i started um you know thinking about one of the most powerful texts of scriptures for many, many years. Do not be hearers of the word merely to deceive yourself. Mm. And when you said that there's a huge disconnect between head knowledge and application, I've seen it. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've been born again for a few years and it's so easy for us to just, especially those of us who are in Pentecostal charismatic churches, or even any church, if you've been there for long, you start talking Christianity, you just, you, it becomes platitudes and mm. you know how to say, you know, oh, the flesh is getting my way. But I got to a place where I got tired of talking the talk. Yeah. And, and listen, I was, I was a young, hungry Christian. I wanted knowledge. I wanted, we used to call it revelation. I wanted deep stuff. <laughs> and I was, I was learning about soteriology and I was learning about pneumatology, Christology and hermeneutics. And it was getting deeper and deeper. And so I, I want to see your, your, your eschatology, your, your, and, and I realized that most of all these things become a smoke screen for practice. Mm. And I got to a point where I said, knowledge is good but one of the most knowledgeable people 
who wrote the Bible, Paul says, knowledge puffs up. So I had to be careful that there there was a correlation between what I knew and what I did. And I think getting married would do that to a lot of you because except maybe your wife is not trying to check you because they know the things you say and especially we all are so skilled in saying all the right things so one of the disciplines we should practice as are we as good as doers as we are as hearers or speak Mm. we who are preachers we can preach up a storm and Mm. i don't really i don't really get moved anymore Mm. about the depths of knowledge if you don't know as much scripture but i see your practice i know you are going to go far so mm. god help us all to to practice that discipline of being doers when we, all, we can talk about love till the end but most of us the practice is the most difficult thing so god help us mm. that's good you know what i would i'll jump on that 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 verse is um powerful man that that verse is powerful um i'll give just a example i growing up in church uh, from a young age you get prophesied over a lot that you know what god is calling you to do and be and preach and teach and pastor and, and all sorts mm-hmm. um but i think the lesson that i learned from being around different ministers was the the principle of being a doer and i say that as in even even the qualifications for a pastor and an elder it says you must first care for your home mm. so for years i instead of stepping into any sort of ministerial role i wanted to practice the art of loving my wife mm. practice mm. the art of loving my children mm. and having them listen to me having them being disciplined first having my wife love my wife first so at, do things with my wife pray with my wife preach to my wife teach my wife um mm. because again i wanted to practice the bible in my home and a lot mm. of the times i think we practice the bible outside our home and mm. that's what oh, makes no. us hearers because mm. when we go to church we can use the language of how are you doing bro i'm blessed and highly favored how no. are you doing oh yes the grace of the lord is on my life but mm. then when you go home you disrespect your wife your children don't like you people at work <laughs> don't respect you you're not consistent in any area of your life mm. i didn't want to be that type of person Do you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be a person that my children respected and they saw that daddy doesn't pray with the person outside. He prays with me. Mm. Daddy doesn't just love the person mm. outside. Mm. He loves mm. me. And especially mm. working with young people and working with children, I wanted my children to see that I loved them before I went out and loved anyone else. Mm. So for me, I think the, just going to be in a do of the word is practicing it when nobody sees. Come when on no up. one's looking, practice it behind closed doors and mm. that's what makes a true discipleship and 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 also integrity is practicing it when nobody sees that you're doing mm. it not just posting instagram post of yeah i'm reading a book and similar to you like i got very much you know invited to different theological classes and stuff and i rejected a whole bunch until mm. my mind was on practicing first i didn't want to know no, no knowledge i didn't want knowledge because mm. i didn't mm. want knowledge to puff me up and Paul says don't think you don't think yourself to be something basically don't think yourself rely on the faith in Jesus in Jesus not ourselves so i wanted to make sure that i was submitting to practicing the word not having knowledge of it and just reciting scriptures i wanted to practice it first in my home mm. come on now come on now 
that is really 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 good i'm going to quickly run through some comments um and then anyone else can add on to that as well nash is here for banter she said alex's water bottle is correct at <laughs> arnold um there's a debate in our household about what a correct water bottle is i have what i believe to be the superior godly water bottle um, <laughs> that actually retains your your water's temperature being cold Alex, and if you want it to be hot bottle. it can be hot as well alex would you like to demonstrate the one that you have no disrespect to your water bottle alex this is just more uh nash has got the same one and her water gets warm in like 10 minutes so, <laughs> so that's this is this is part of an ongoing discussion in our household um, arnold is right <laughs> yes, Sorry, amen. I know you don't the church know has decided um, handling offense was one of the answers that Nash mentioned um, talking to people that offend you conversation being open tackling things head on very true something that there isn't enough of um, yeah we can get into long examples of that as well yes Alex talk about it Arnold I'm talking Gary said, actions speak louder than words. Learn to step out of your comfort zone. And Zena said, application to our daily life, I believe, will show that we understood what it was that we read or read, sorry, and also that something has moved from head knowledge to that of the heart. Can you walk the talk? Come on now. Come on. Come on. Solid stuff. Rory said, amen. Wisdom without application is like a book on the shelf collecting dust. When we walk out the word, we become a living epistle. Mm. And the Lord's light can shine through us. Very, very good. Greg said, living as a disciple, in a sense, is like, sorry, in a sense, is living like someone else. And Zena said, yes, Josh, that is on point. Taking time to uphold your first ministry at home is key. God help us. Yes and amen. Listen, even in some of the things that have come up today, let me tell you, I'm going to listen to this live stream uh, again in my in my private time, probably a good few times. There's so many good nuggets. And I think part of the thing that I've realized in my own journey is that as you journey with Jesus, as you go along this walk of um, growing um, as a disciple, it becomes very easy to take on new information and focus on new things but then forget the foundations or forget the basic things Come and on, so man. conversations like this like some of the things that we're talking these are these are elementary things putting the flesh to death you know um bearing in mind that there is a cost of discipleship but these are the things that we sometimes forget and so for me this has been very rich already so far did anybody else want to add on to this question I think just wanted to add on to what sure. like, uh, Josh was saying about like integrity. And I think another thing is like stewardship, like over money. Mm. That's definitely Ooh, something. <laughs> you go in there. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that God has been speaking to me about recently. And yeah. it can be the small things like mm. um, how much coffee that I buy. Like, I'm addicted to coffee, but yeah, like, how much. <laughs> how much coffee that I buy or I can be like oh it's only an extra five pounds and yes I yeah. have five pounds but do I need to spend that five pounds mm. um and yeah so just being a good steward over what I have even if I have the means that doesn't mean I have to use it and mm. that's something that can also affect other um, areas of my life as well so mm -hmm. hey, five but pounds is like ten dollars over here almost friends. So <laughs> ten dollars that's gonna start to go a long way <laughs> 
it's good it's good um so the next question is help me understand what does it mean to carry my cross in 2021 i'm praying for you guys right so you just (laughs) (laughs) you got five seconds to come forward somebody i'm calling somebody Uh, all right i'll I'll go Go um i'm gonna say going against the grain i think that you know obviously uh, there's so many different trends on social media there's so many different things that people say and it's you know even if it's like different um challenges that people are doing online or just so many different things but it's kind of going against that and being able to stand Mm -hmm. um and you know i heard this thing once where it said like if you don't stand for something then you'll fall for anything and I just feel like we're in this kind of era where, yes, we've had church online because obviously of COVID, but, you know, we can get more into that being fed online or getting everything that we need online where we need to be around the brethren, we need to be around people. Um, and not just kind of getting, you know, the Bible talks about itching ears and kind of getting washed away with different things that are out there, um, but just staying true to the word. And the word doesn't need to be made relevant to today. We don't need mm. to and change things and switch things around so it can suit us for this new modern TikTok era. Um, but it's just being able to continue to stand um, mm. irrespective of what's going on around us. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So That's good. Josh yeah okay (laughs) Um, I think in a social media world especially during COVID obviously we've been around social media my advice would be to move away from the world um, and closer to believers and those who will strengthen you in your faith because the world um will take you away from christ um first mm. john 2 16 says for everything in the world the lust of the flesh uh lust of the eyes the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world so i think especially as i said social media the lust you find everything that is just listed in first john 2 16 on social media like the lust of the flesh the pride of life is all on social media so i think just sometimes having a you're not having a fast from social media and i know you guys have been on the the subject of social media but i just think especially for 2021 and this generation social media has a massive pull um mm. and just being careful and just taking fast away from that world because that can really get our flesh mm. and tempt us mm. i think um i don't know how it is for you guys over there but over here everybody's like man I, I can't wait to get back in church i can't wait for this to end so we can go back into church and all that kind of stuff and it's like the the, the obvious at least to me one of the obvious benefits of being in your house not being able to go outside for leisure time not being able to go outside to go to church not being able to go outside for um, extra curriculums and all that kind of stuff is that you have time or self-examination mm, so, mm. in particular i think that uh to carry my cross in 2021 while there is no one around me while i don't have to keep up the facade of knowing christ mm. keep up the facade of um having good christianese and all that 
crap. Mm. In particular, I have time for self-examination. Mm. I have time to to sit here and think, okay, do I understand what the gospel is? Mm. By large, no one knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know what that means. Do I understand what the gospel is? Do I understand what it means for me to be a disciple? Do I understand what it means to follow God? What's the point of me going to church? I know people who like, they haven't been to church in a year and a half. Their lives are fried. They're fried. They're like, they just have no idea what's going on. No idea what to do with themselves. Oh man, I haven't gotten to worship in so long. You should have been worshiping every day anyways. <laughs> you understand what I mean? And if all that means is singing to you, yeah, it means that, and for me, it always comes full circle to this. You haven't been taught well, mm-hmm. but now's the time to, um, to be able to be very introspective and, and figure out like, all right, if you're carrying your cross, what, what does that cross look like? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. And know that cross is not, oh my oh gosh, my, God. my, uh, my associate, he taught, um, a few months back. Um, no, I'm the associate. He's the senior pastor. I'm the associate. Sorry, but <laughs> he taught a few months. I'm great. Him, but uh, he he taught a few months back about uh, <laughs> about um what we think it means to to carry our cross. Mm. Carrying your cross is not. I have cancer, and uh, you know God is going to pull me through. And even if He doesn't pull me through, I'm going to hold on to 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 God. No, that's faith. That's a good thing. That's faith. That's not mm-hmm. carrying your cross, though. Carrying your cross is not, I work in a hostile environment, um, but I'm going to have to deal with it. No, that's mm-hmm. perseverance. That's endurance. Carrying your cross is your entire life. And all those things are uh, encompassed in your life. All of those mm-hmm. things work together piece by piece to holistically create a lifestyle by which you are walking for Christ. And everybody sees it, whether you want them to or not. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... In particular, it starts with, especially this year, being able to be introspective, being able to look inwardly and examine yourself is my, my thinking. That's good. Um, yes. Yeah, so I think I'll pick up from what Alex mentioned something powerful was like taking a stand. Mm. And I think there is no time that the happiness of this world will force you to take a stand more than our times. Mm. There is no sitting on the fence anymore. You will be pushed to make a stand because the world is coming to that place where there's no time for the nice Christian who doesn't want to be called judging Van Holyad and Dao because, you know, it's easy. You just want to and I'm not talking about being obnoxious and being out there just, you know, judging everybody and throwing them into hellfire. No, I'm just talking about just standing for what you know is right. Basically, mm-hmm. for the gospel. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. Saying, this is what my word says, this is what my Bible says. I'm just standing there. I'm not going to be obnoxious about it. I'm not going to be judgmental. Just take that stand and see the attacks you are going to get. And as the years go, people are going to, especially in social media, if, if I may use, the woke mafia are going to bully you and the extreme right are going mm. to push you. They are going to push you to take a stand. And whatever stand you take, that is not on either side of the political divide. 
you are in trouble. So you standing for something will cost you. That's what it means, carrying your cross. It, 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 it's like, I'm signing up for death. Hmm. I don't want to do it most of the time. I just I just wish like, why do I have to answer? Why are you? And, and I'm a pastor and people ask me, so, so pastor, what do you think? I'm like, what do you mean, what do I think? I don't have opinions. I don't get to have my personal opinions. This is what the mm. word of God is. I don't have the luxury of sitting on the fence because I, mm. I also want to be a nice guy most of the time. I don't want to be Mr. Controversial. I don't want to be Mr. Oh, the Bible says, but I'm a slave. I'm a disciple. Mm. I'm carrying my cross. I am intentionally signing up for suffering. I'm intentionally signing up for whatever comes with following Jesus. A servant is not a greater. That's what I read today in my quiet time. That if they hated me, they will hate you. So I believe that's what it means to carry a cross in 2021. You don't have to try to be a Pharisee, but you're still going to be all out there and God will help us. Yeah, I really agree with that. Like, you know, when everyone's talking about saving the planet, I'm not saying we shouldn't save the planet, but I will be talking about the high rate of abortions. You know, like mm. I will be talking about certain things because, you know, and it's like, you know, now it's like the new the new morality is climate change. Mm. And and yet I will still stand up for the for the for the morals and the principles and the rules and righteousness that is in the word of God. And yes, I know it doesn't go down well in you know an office setting, but if asked, I will give my opinion. And you don't <laughs> like it, but I will say I will say what it is. Mm. And 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 you just went there. I mean, you just went there. I mean, <laughs> and, and the thing is that you, you I, I I don't like trouble. I'm not even. I'm not. I'm I'm just minding my business. First of all, you knew <laughs> you knew I was a Christian, right? You knew I believed in the Bible, right? You know what the Bible says. That's why you are asking me what I think the Bible says. I didn't mm. write the Bible. Mm. I had to follow the Bible. So now you are coming mm. to ask me what do I think of this issue, knowing very well. It's a trap. That there's mm. you can't win. You either you either try and blend in and you or you play the fifth amendment. And even that you still get crucified because that that means you didn't take a stand. And like I said, for the woke mafia and the extreme right, they will push you to take a stand. So God mm. help us. Mm. Very, very, very good points. So there was a point that was made earlier by Kadeem about there being a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. So let's unpack that a little bit. What is the difference between being a believer and being a disciple and how can you know which one you are oh yeah if any of the two no i i think this is easy man i i personally think this is easy um so everyone how do i say it people who like saw jesus in action in action first-hand account of jesus they they looked at him they watched him they heard him they believed i'll, I'll just put it real simple nicodemus was a believer right For those of us who might not know who nicodemus was nicodemus was uh he was a pharisee 
And he was a Pharisee who um, he would come to Jesus in secret so that he would he could converse with him. The reason why he came in secret was because uh, he was afraid of uh, being kicked out of the, the synagogue. He was, he was afraid of losing his his um, his his social, political, religious status because um, contrary to popular belief, being a, uh, a Pharisee was uh, it was as much um, religious as it was social and political. Um, so he was afraid of losing uh, his status. He was afraid of what his peers would think, but he believed. So he met with Christ in secret and then in public, he, he did as he pleased in public. He, 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 he lived according to how he, um, how his peers would live. And that is actually the extreme because there are people who, who believe there are people who, um, have placed their faith in Christ and in the knowledge of, of Christ. Uh, and they even confess him and hope for him to 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 redeem them and all that sort of thing uh, on the last day um, but they they don't live a life uh, conducive to the kingdom and they don't live a life where they contribute to the kingdom by bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit so if you are a disciple you will live a life that's conducive to the kingdom uh, and that is conducive uh, to um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You will live a life of, of, of discipline. You will live a life whereby you are uh, constantly uh, and considerably concerned with what God thinks and feels about how you are conducting yourself, uh, how you represent Him before others. Um, we've liked to, we've, we've grown up with this belief that uh, when the Bible says, uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain, uh, that means don't say, oh my God, don't say mm -hmm. Jesus Christ in that. And that's, yeah, you know, definitely don't do that because it's weird more than anything. Um, mm -hmm. But what that scripture really means uh, is don't misrepresent the name of the Lord. So don't right. you dare say, right. don't you dare associate yourself with the Lord um, mm -hmm. without doing the things that he requires of you, right? And so mm -hmm. that ultimately becomes the difference between a believer and a disciple. A believer is somebody who knows who the Lord is and in their heart, they understand him. Uh, in their hearts, they, they, they perceive and bear witness to the truth of the reality of who he is and that he is. Uh, a disciple uh, simply confesses and acts on that belief. Mm. Right? Is my input. That's good. Anybody else got anything to say on that one? I think I'm kind of struggling, to be honest, to differentiate the two, just because if you believe in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe that he died for you, if you believe that he resurrected on the third day, then doesn't discipleship naturally follow from that? Because if you believe who he is, who he says he is, then you therefore believe that the Bible is inspired and written by the word of God. Therefore, then you believe that if that's written by the word of God and I believe in this and I'm putting my faith in this, then I need to follow this. And then ultimately you become a disciple. Yeah. I think you, what you're saying is correct. And I think that should be the, the, the natural response, mm -hmm. but try and envision this, right? Um, I, I, I grew up in like a really ultra charismatic background. Um, and I found myself in an environment where um, <laughs> where the, it, again, it comes full circle to me with teaching, right? If you teach people that if they come to Christ and they will escape hellfire and they'll be reserved for, for heaven, 
they will do that and they will understand uh from what you're teaching from the pulpit that they have to come to church every sunday and they have to come to bible study and they have to come to all night prayer um <clears throat> and they will do those things right i had somebody while i was still in that environment um i asked them don't you know that the scripture says something 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 and i don't remember what i was asking them because what they responded to me was the shock of my life they said oh no i don't read bible i leave that for the big men of god mm-hmm. i never ever forgot that <laughs> you understand what i mean because what it confirmed to me at that moment in time was that yes where i am we are being taught that all you have to do is come here pour your money pour your time and your attention make sure the lights get kept on in here and make sure pastors eaten and in that I, i i believe that the people who do that they are innocent uh, of that but as i'm talking I'm, you know god is not going to hold them innocent because it was their responsibility to you as an individual to know what it means to follow after god right um but god is merciful you know judgment uh is going to be what it's going to be for every individual what should happen is naturally you should um upon placing your faith in Christ especially even in the original greek that word to believe in Christ it means that you place your faith in him it means that you place your trust in here in him um you rely on him and you adhere to him and if you adhere to him that means like you stick to him right and so if you stick to him that means wherever he's going you're also going there too Yeah. And that ultimately means means that he's leading you, right? So it should be a natural outpouring, but we we we're going to have to take the mercy and the grace of God uh into into consideration when 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 we look at the fact that there are people who in all sincerity are going to church, relying on being prayed for, relying on being read to, relying on their tithes being uh used for air conditioning and heating and lights um and placing trust in that God will save them because they've done the work of the ministry. Yeah. Well, I think what you, yeah, what you said makes sense and I think sometimes people can't get past that initial revelation. So you have that belief that Jesus is the son of God that he died that if you believe in him you'll be saved, but then that's it. But then right. there's no mm. further growth and you come across people like that in your walk who they just haven't grown from that point they're almost still on the baby milk even though they made this they had this belief or you know they started this 10 years ago and to them you're judgmental because you're telling them well as a christian <laughs> you got a a b and c oh what's your problem you know so mm. yeah you're right sister yeah and and i would try married it to i think um being a disciple is supposed to be a transition or is the outward expression of the belief you have because mm. as per James chapter 1 verse 19 and 20 talking about don't just say i believe but do it if you is you believe you do well even demons believe and they tremble so right so so here to be a believer you can you can say you are a believer all day but the fact that you are a disciple you are following Jesus you are being disciplined by him i think validates what you believe and it could be semantics all day but i believe that at the end of the day a believer is a believer but it's just something you say you do but i believe your discipleship is the true test of your 
belief. Yeah. Very, very good. And on that point, there's some really key, important key words that have come up in this. The next question, um, it has actually has a scripture reference, which I'm going to read. So it's Matthew chapter 7 from verse 21 to 23. And the Bible says, not everyone, Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Hmm. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name and then will i declare to them i never knew you depart from me you workers of lawlessness and so the question is what are some signs that you might be doing lots of good activity but not actually known by jesus I'll, 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 I'll say one thing when you when you prophesy 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 and then you turn around and you you yell at your kids hot not like you guys behave yourselves like yo listen i don't want you to i don't want to come over there that kind of thing when you're not like when you don't have any like good fruit inside you this mm. is the perfect sign that but you have like bare gifts you've got mm. gifts coming out the that's you yeah. thinking that you're doing good works, mm. but you don't have any like self-control, no kindness, no meekness, no gentleness. Those mm. kids are trembling because of you. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's, I'm just I'm recalling something that I've seen with my eyes. So, mm. that's, but that's, that's exactly. <laughs> doesn't Jesus say you'll know them by their fruits? Mm. I mean, right. Galatians five twenty two tells us what those fruits are. Mm. Um, so yeah, and you know you can even be going to a bible study with someone or a fellowship with someone but there's still no fruit there mm. um, so i think fruit fruit is the key it is i think that's that's where it comes back down to the examination mm. of ourselves because i think we can get carried away just like paul with the corinthians had to remind him that yeah you've got all these spiritual gifts but you don't love so i think again it comes down to examination of ourselves because i believe sometimes as believers we can get carried away with gifts like especially I've seen you know some people get carried away that they can preach well or teach well and because of the reaction that they get they get carried mm. away with the gifting mm. and forget about the fruit so I think it's important to again go back to that examination place and examine examine what am I doing with this mm. is, is am yeah. I am I submitting my gift to Christ or am I as the people or man becoming my snake mm. so yeah Combination. Yeah, and and I'll I'll just read a few verses of that text of scripture to put it in context, and it explains it all. And everybody has said it's a fruit. So Matthew seven verse um verse sixteen says, "You will know them by their fruit." Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes, victory mm. from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you know them. I'm no Bible scholar, but I think you have to struggle to misunderstand this scripture. Okay. But but yet, but yet we do we 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 complicate it for us in our times. We have stuff like 
well, you know, this guy may be so anointed, he just may be corrupt, but if the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. I don't even mm. want to pass that <laughs> because we have no idea what that test of scripture means. And I can promise you that the way we quote it is not what it means. How are you telling me that you are as mean as a rattlesnake and you are <laughs> and then come on man and then I'm tell you that, oh forget about my meanness i'm not saying you are mean every now and then you leave mean yes, I mean, yes. you you act stank like they'll say in mm. america you act stank but you just don't get up and tell me that oh don't judge me don't judge me <laughs> after all the bible says only god can judge me no that's too bad it wasn't i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> and so we have this funny thing you see people bearing fruit bad fruit i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. We, who am i to judge i was like who are you not to judge you i mean how are you not making righteous judgment when you see bad fruit so I think every, everybody's playing the ostrich these days. We see bad fruit and then we we actually enable people. We give excuses. Oh, you know, he's just gifted but flawed. You know, he's just, he's just, you know, anointed. You know, and God is just God's anointing and the devil is just attacking him, his flesh, because he's anointed. And now he has six kids outside of marriage. Yeah, yeah, but but he's anointed. Touch not my anointed. He stepped out on his own. No, touch not my anointed. That's a live stream in itself. Touch not my anointed. You know, and and we do that. And this text of scripture is so clear. You can't tell me you are so good. You can't bear good fruit. You just you are so deep. I'm so deep. I just can't bear any good fruit. So I don't know how we missed that, but God will help us. Mm. I, I like it when um when christians tell me um don't judge me i love it when i hear that from christians don't judge me don't judge me don't judge me the bible says judgment begins in the house of the lord so mm. what do you want for me and you to tell each other we did something bad for me and you to tell each other hey watch this this isn't good or for when judgment begins for god to have to ask us what happened what did mm. you do what is this mess you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love it when Christians tell me that because actually we're supposed to be critiquing and examining each other as well as we examine ourselves. So yeah. that by way of edification, yeah. when on the day that we meet the Lord and we're meant to be perfect Lord. according to his standard, we are indeed that oh, instead of rather now the Lord having to tell us, that's hey, right. I don't even know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, that, that's, that's good, man. <laughs> that's good. I'll rather be judged now. Judge me yeah, now. Man. Judge my yeah. camera and my yeah. now. Then you yeah. go before God and be like, Lord, yeah, um, I didn't listen to the person that told me that, yeah, I weren't speaking nice to that brother or sister. For like, sure. yeah, like, I, I don't get that because I would rather be judged now. I, I'd rather be told now that I'm going off than wait for that time. For sure. I think there's a saying that they say, and I'm probably going to butcher it because I can't remember it properly, but they say something like, if if you're a fool and you find out you're only a fool for a second something like that i just probably remixed it really badly but on the whole judgment point if there's an area that you are falling short the great thing about getting dealt with or having that addressed and exposed now is that you have the opportunity to repent you have the opportunity mm. to come into agreement with the truth about that thing and so like part of this whole 
like don't judge me i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do god knows my heart attitude which he does he knows your heart and he knows it's deceitfully wicked above all things as well <laughs> like the the all of that robs us of the opportunity to actually grow as disciples yeah because we're so at times self-deceived in th- mm. into thinking that we're really winning in a particular area or we're really you know i'm crushing it as a christian like in fact you know what everybody needs to come and follow me and be like me i need to make more of me you know but instead if we actually opened ourselves up to one another to really objectively allow people to give us the critical feedback that we sometimes need in order to be sharpened we'd be so much more mature as beings. Mm. we'd be so much more like jesus like even these conversations about carrying the cross like it wouldn't be something that we do so begrudgingly you know Mm. it wouldn't be something that we would do shaking our fist at god at times asking god how and and i don't say that to downplay it by the way like because sometimes the pressure's on in it you know what i mean and and we feel it but i think that there is a place that we come to where like jesus we have our moment in gethsemane where we 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 weep our tears but after we've said let this pass cut for me if it's possible we say not my will but let your will be done and i think that's the level of maturity that we're supposed to come to where we're we're honest when it gets tough but ultimately we subject our honesty and our feelings to what we believe and what we know is true based on what god is saying and what he's directing word 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 and so on that the next question we actually have is how do you live a life pleasing to god without it becoming a works-based performance how do you live a life pleasing to god without it becoming a works-based performance and i think this question comes from the angle of knowing that there's a few like key principles that you hear when you're around christians for any amount of time you hear about justification not by works <laughs> and you you then have other people on the other side who will or sorry even on that same side that's a justification not by works yeah i said not by works so you have people on that same side who will then say you know it doesn't matter what i do but then you also have other people who are so works orientated that the good works that they do are almost something that they see as being what justifies them before god so how do you live a life pleasing to god without it becoming a works based performance people of god um i just want to quickly have a have a go at this sometimes most times we quote scripture very very wrong we 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 pull it apart and we do what we want with this proof texting we just so most people either stand on one side of the fence they will say stuff like oh well by grace are ye saved through faith it is not of works lest any man should boast it is the gift of god that is efficient sorry um that is i think it's galatians ephesians it's ephesians 2 9 yeah 2 8 to 9 2 8 9 but they, they never talk about 10 but mm. 10 is like you are god's workmanship created in christ jesus unto good works which was foreordained so you, you you can never be a christian with works you can never become a christian with your own works but you can also not be a christian without works on this side yeah on this side of calvary 
there's nothing you can do to enter Calvary. There's nothing you can do on, on before Calvary. There's nothing you can do. But your proof of being blood bought, blood washed becomes your works because it becomes like a natural thing. You bear fruit. You are not, when you're a Christian, you're not trying to love people. The love of Christ is shed abroad in your heart by Christ Jesus. So these are fruits we bear, the works people. So I think sometimes when we are doing these teachings, we become so entrenched and we make it as if like, oh, grace and the law are at loggerheads. Works and mm. grace, are, they, they are all one and the same. You, you, your works of righteousness are only by the grace of God because you are saved by grace through faith, not of your own works, so that you can be God's workmanship created for good works. So sometimes it's how we we badly dismantle scripture that becomes a problem. Mm. I can see the fire brewing in Canada. Uh-huh. <laughs> what says the Lord over there? I, I think Paul tells us to, I think it's Paul. God forgive me if anybody knows better, please tell me. Um, bear fruit in, in keeping with our repentance. So you, is it Paul or is it not Paul? I think it might be Jesus. John. Yeah, it, it's John the Baptist. John, it's John the yeah, Baptist. John. Okay. Uh, Baptist. God forgive me, yeah. me who teach scripture and pastor people. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, bear fruit in keeping with your repentance. So there's just a few small things to break down. You repented. Why? Because you realized that there was one way that you were going and it was time to go a different way. How? Well, the Bible says that God's goodness leads us to repentance. So it mm-hmm. sounds like you experienced the grace of God. So there, one hand, right? That's one side of one coin, it sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side, in the exact same thing, we're being told, bear fruit in keeping with our repentance. So it sounds like if you're being told to bear fruit, then you're the tree. And we're busy thinking that it's God who forces us to bear the fruit. But everything in this world seems to have a function that it's supposed to do. And if it doesn't do that function, then somehow, some way it gets destroyed or it gets discarded. When Jesus passed a fig tree expecting for there to be figs because it was in season and there were none, he cursed it and said, you're never going to bear any fruit again. Mm. So it sounds like it's the tree's responsibility to bring forth the fruit mm. at the right time and in the right season. So if I'm the tree that's being commanded to bear fruit in keeping with my repentance. So I've experienced the grace of God and now there's apparently a work that I have to do. It sounds like it's one thing. It sounds like um, they're not interchangeable, they're intrinsic to each other, right? That's it, 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 For me, that it, it took me years to come to that because I grew up um, in, a, in, a, in a workspace environment. And then I read Romans 6, 7, 8, and 9 and lost my mind. And I was like, no, we can only experience the grace of God. There's nothing that we can do to only for me to find out that I am the person who still has to choose whether or not I'm going to step out on my wife or steal mm. or rob mm. or lie. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Mm. I am the person who still has to decide whether or not I'm going to do those things. And when I found out that choice uh, was still something that God was offering me, even out that I've experienced his grace and his goodness and his love and his kindness and his mercy, that I should be called the son of God, 
even though I, when I realized that, the two ideas were reconciled. You can't have grace without having works. If you've truly experienced the grace of, of God, the way that you operate, the way that you work, the, your conduct, it will change. God's mm. goodness will lead you to repentance, right? Mm. Is the way that I, that I happen to see you. That's good. That is very good. I think, unless anybody has anything to add, um, I was just going to say, so like, you know, faith without works is dead. So mm. obviously, even when you're acting or living out in faith, works support that. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think living a life in adherence to the spirit of God. So, you know, God will instruct you. He will show you different things that he wants you to do at different times. And I think that's what also separates us from having a religion. So religion says I have to do X, Y, Z because I have to do X, Y, Z. Whereas, you know, God may be like, well, actually, I want you to do ABC for now before you mm -hmm. move on to X, Y, Z. Um, so I think it's also about being in tune with his voice um, as well. Very, very good point. Sorry, if you guys see me reaching over to this side, it's because I've got a whiteboard here um, that I'm just making a couple of brief notes on for myself. So that was really, really good. Um, we had a comment coming from Zena saying, the intent behind the works can count. I think she meant if you are doing... Oh, the intent behind the works can count. Are you doing works to big yourself up or are your works a result of the work Christ has done in you? Very good question. Very, very good question. Which leads us on to our next question. Well done, my good and faithful servant is a positive affirmation. How can one look forward to that when you've never really experienced positive affirmation from your parents? Now... This question I'm hoping is going to bring some good healing in the room to the viewers till kingdom come to the people. I know in the it's room. a sensitive, a sensitive subject. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure this out. Mm. Now that I'm a parent, I don't know. I don't know. Now that I'm a parent, I have a little one. She she we're potty training her right now mm. um we we big her up for everything did you pee good job is that poo good uh. job when it's in the right place you understand what i mean <laughs> what is what is where it's supposed to be and all this kind of stuff and like it's easy to do that with babies because they're adorable i'm trying to figure out what the divide is um uh in in, in in, in the relationship between me and my parents, for example. I'm sure that when I was potty training and when I was learning to walk and when I was learning to speak, I was getting all of those good affirmations. I want to figure out where the dividing line is. Where does it stop? Mm. You understand what I mean? Where does it become an expectation that you're supposed to do good? I'm, I'm Caribbean. You don't generally get praise for doing good. You're expected to do good anyways, mm -hmm. right? So where's the dividing line? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is something I'm still trying to figure out myself. All I know is that like, when my daughter does good, I have to continue praising her for doing good 
when mm. she's 13, when she's 25, when she's 50, if God shows grace, the same way that I do now. And I pray um, that whatever happens in between right now and when I think that she's supposed to be doing good anyways, mm. um, that I that I don't forget that. Mm. So if anyone knows better than me, uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Please <laughs> put me on some game. <laughs> That's good. I think for me, I've had to really differentiate my own parenting with my natural parents between the parenting of God. Mm. Um, and I had a very difficult upbringing and I had like an absent dad. And then I was neglected in the home that I was left in with my mother. Um, so and I brought that into my relationship with God. But I've just had to learn over time to remember that it's not the same. He is not the same as my dad was. You know, my dad has decided that he doesn't want anything to do with me. Um, and he's done that three or four times. Um, and last year was the last time when he was like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, and I've really had to take God at his word because those wounds continuously came up where I'd find myself angry at God if a prayer wasn't received or, you know, if I didn't get the job or if I didn't pass the exam or blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, it must be because you don't like me or you hate me or you this or you that. So I've really had to work through that to remember that you are God and you are not my earthly parents. And you know, the Bible says that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Um, and I am accepted in the beloved. So you've made mm. a conscious decision to accept me into your family. Mm. So I think that's for me how I look forward to hearing that because I know that God is is different from my own parents. Mm. Wow. That's good. Wow. And I'm so, so happy. You make my point easy to hear from you. I'm sorry about the circumstances, but it's so powerful that you said what you said because how I'm blessed. I, I mean, my parents have been wonderful. Had two parents growing up and growing up, my parents affirmed me so much that now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my, my mother would tell people. It's good, man. Yeah, my mother would tell people, <laughs> my mother would tell people in the house when I get dressed to tell me how handsome I look before wow. I go to school. She, she just literally like hire people, like mm. tell my son he's looking good. Otherwise he's mm. not going to school. So mm. when I get dressed up and I'm walking around the house, mm. somebody's got to tell me something. <laughs> otherwise, yeah, otherwise too, no, eh? it's, it's, I'm not too cool. I don't, I'm not too cool for school, so I'm not going to go. Yeah. So it's all good and that, but it's never the same. Men are not like God. As good as my parents were, Mm. it's not the same as when we get born again and we receive god as our father god is not a man mm. he's not like me and and as the father of four children oh we we big up our children like mm. when um kadim said it it's when you become a parent you can be so annoying like to other people who are not parents we are these people who who <laughs> we praise our children for, t for just oh my child is talking she must be smart yeah. well, what, what are they supposed to be doing weed, <laughs> oh that is so smart she just weed oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, trust me if you're not a parent you just think these people are have just lost Crazy. their mind of course like we have <laughs> we celebrate everything about our child mm. however it doesn't always translate into when you become born again 
it's a translation from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light it's a whole new world god is not a parent like us we are supposed to try to elevate our game to god it's a whole new ball game we got so hearing alex saying in spite of what she's been through she's learning god to to take god he's different his ways are not our, our ways as good as my parents were you know i can never compare the affirmation it makes it easy mm. let me say it makes it easy and the trauma from challenges with our parenting also makes it difficult but let's also be very clear that it's not the same i know people i know people who have had turbulent turbulent childhoods i mean i mean my wife has been through a lot yet when she got born again she experienced that god's love and he being a father to us it's nothing like man's love so um, i thought i'll say that um, yeah it's 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 difficult yeah my wife is back right so it's it's been easier for me to look at my life and look at scripture and be transparent with myself and say this is what you did it's not good and also to look at scripture and say this is what you did scripture says you're supposed to do this scripture okay. says this is where you're supposed to be you know what this means kidding it means that god is pleased with you it's been easier for me to do that than if you ask my wife one of the strangest ways that you'll see me behave is when i have to receive praise i don't have the proper i don't know how to uh, this is exactly what i man kidding good job this is what i do <laughs> i'm i'm not accustomed to yeah and yeah. without being proud and let me know if this sounds proud i know when i've done a good job versus when i haven't done a good job mm, mm. if there's any grace that i've received in understanding my own like i understand when i've done a good job and i understand when i haven't done a good job mm. and i've had to learn how to do that because um it will just show me what to do next time and how to behave next time i've had mm. to learn how to do that without praise without affirmation to the point that um i don't understand the value of praise and affirmation in my circumstance i haven't understood that until now i have a child who uh i just naturally want to give that to her the other day just to like touch on what kofi was just saying like the other day i posted like a facebook status like last year when my daughter was teething i said parents really be getting hyped over the most useless the most regular stuff the most ordinary stuff and i was the Very quote regular. was um wow my daughter has teeth look at god what what's she supposed to have <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like yeah she grew teeth and they came in straight and we thank god and you know what i mean but like it's like i do see that i have to separate that from 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 god's way of doing things because god is not praising you because you grew you god grew the teeth so mm. you can put that out the window already god is not god is praising you because you discipline yourself because you were faithful because you held on to your conviction god is 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 pleased with you because when nobody was around you were still kind mm. when nobody was still around you were still self-controlled and you were still disciplined so yeah and a quick yeah, and a quick one human affirmation can be very positive it can really help but sometimes it can also give you a very false impression we call it hype anyway we call it hype so i mean we we are in this world where we are hyping ourselves yo you can be whatever i mean 
listen, my son, he's not kicked a football maybe two or three times in his life, right? He likes trains and stuff like that. Mm. So when we go to his, his sports day, I want to big him up, but I, I know he is, he's not trying to be like me. And I named him after Michael Jordan, you, you get what I'm saying to you? But I know, but I could hype him and lie to him. It's like, son, you're going to be the next Michael Jordan. You can do whatever. I don't know that he can bounce a basketball as yet. <laughs> but I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to put him down, but I don't want him to also become a human doing. Mm. I don't. Sometimes mm. I look at him and said, "I'm proud of you." I said, "What did I do?" I'm like, "Nothing. You don't have to do anything for me mm. to be proud of you." Right. And I believe that's just how God feels about us. He doesn't want to give us false praise sometimes most of the things we give our children is false praise like my mom telling people to tell me i look good but i mean some of the some of the dressings that you know i i see my pictures she should have been in jail for that but hey <laughs> you know she, she had, to, had to pay people to say i look good and sometimes that could create a false sense but ne- nevertheless bigging up your children positive affirmation you can never go wrong with that but let's be careful um how we navigate it because it can be flattery and it can be overhyped but you know god help us mm. well it's really good guys that's really 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 good um man this has been a good live stream i'm going to read through some of the comments um just before we close out actually because as much as we'd love to keep the conversation going um yeah we've got to go to bed late in the uk anyway oh, true. <laughs> kadeem might be continuing the live stream on instagram i still have a whole half a day <laughs> to get night shift. <laughs> <laughs> so um let me see where did we leave off uh xena said i don't think positive affirmations stop but as a child grows the things that you affirm them for will change very very good point chosen daughter was laughing and i think that was when you were talking kofi about um celebrating that your daughter has weed (laughs) (laughs) um priska said thanks for sharing alex and she gave you a high five zina said sorry to hear that alex i truly relate to what you shared thank god for his restoring power for yeah and zina said oh she repeated it with the correction included so people of god church saints and ain'ts if you're there too um i stole that one from jackie hill perry today's live stream has been um a great one um definitely for me i think there's a lot i've made notes i've made notes on um that i'm going to really reflect on scriptures and things like that as well so thank you guys so much for coming out thank you for your time your questions your thoughts and if you've got any questions or topics or subjects that you want us to discuss on the next live stream hit us up on instagram in the dms and let us know we'd love to connect with you guys but for the meantime thank you very much love peace and if you're in the uk sleep well if you're in canada enjoy the rest of your day <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having us on. Well, thank, thank you, you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.